I did hear that this call is being recorded by the nice lady, so we're good. Yes, there. I did too. So if we end up wasting a half hour of our lives, we can blame John, which I'm okay <laughs> with. Yeah. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your New Orleans Saints Game 1 edition following a horrific loss to the Atlanta Falcons in the first game of that series. This is Brian joined by Brad. Brad, how are you doing this fine evening? I've been better. Yeah, I think I have too. Um so as you may have noticed, I did not introduce John. John had, I don't know, something going on. I want to say prior engagements, but it doesn't really seem like that. It kind of just seems like he didn't feel like it. And I don't know. I, I, I think he just didn't want to hang out with us. I mean, yeah, I could see that. He he tends to be the one who's very down and bitter and angry towards everyone, and tends to put us all down and make us feel bad about the Panthers. I don't know if you agree with that, Brad. I do. You do? Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm glad that you and I are at least on the same page. It yeah. makes the show go round. Yeah, this show I think is going to go a lot smoother tonight. Yeah. Without John dup- jumping in with his calculator and his analytics and his numbers and statistics that lack context and are wrong most of the time. Yeah, I mean, he... He acts like the game is played on a spreadsheet or something. Like it, yeah, it's just weird. Like it's on a on a football field. I know, right? Like it's not NFL XL. It's NFL football, John. Yeah. Momentum is a real thing, John. Exactly. And you run the ball to win the game. You dictate the tempo. You play defense, and you run the football. That's what we've known for how many years? It's been working since 1903, John. Yeah. If it wasn't working, they would quit doing it. Put that in your TI-85 and smoke it, John. (laughs) So anyway, um, the Panthers are coming off a horrific loss to the Falcons, which was a game they probably should have won or even even been a little bit remotely competitive in. They only scored three points on offense against a Falcons defense that has been categorically bad throughout the entire year. The final score was I'm trying to find it. Hold on. 29 to 3. 29 to 3. And it couldn't be 28 to 3. Like if we're gonna lose, at least they could have made it funny. Yeah. But no. We can't we can't even meme about this game. Yeah. Because of that. So Kyle Allen threw 50 passes this game, which is his career high. And one thing I do want to bring up about that is uh, Kyle Allen threw 50 passes and he threw four picks. And 
was not really all that great, even though he set career highs in uh, completions and yards. But again, he did throw 50 passes. And the last time Cam Newton took a Panthers football field, he threw 50 passes and it also did not turn out well. So is it is it the quarterbacks or is it the offense? Brad, I'll let a, you elaborate on that. I think it's a combination of both. I mean, when your best player is your running back, it doesn't make a lot of sense to throw the ball 50 times. I mean, I know that that opposing defenses are game planning to stop Christian McCaffrey from running the ball, but you have to run the ball. Um, you know, I'm not, and I know John's not here, but I'm not saying that you can't throw it at all because that's absurd, but you have to have balance. You cannot throw, especially with Kyle Allen at quarterback, you can't throw 50 times and expect to win, uh, as we saw. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think the quarterback, you know, he's limited in what he can do. Uh, he's not very good at throwing downfield. He's decent enough at throwing within 20 yards, but everybody knows that. So the defense knows that all they have to do is shut that down and make him throw deep to beat you and because they know he can't do it. Um, so I also think that it's it's North Turner's fault for not finding a way to game plan around that. Yeah, and here's a little fun statistic for you as well in regards to Kyle Allen throwing the ball 50 times um Christian McCaffrey ran the ball 14 times which is actually kind of low for him going on the season but he did catch the ball 11 times so he's still around his average of 25 touches yeah I mean I I didn't have a problem too much with them throwing to Christian McCaffrey you know if um 11 of those 50 catches or or passes are to Christian McCaffrey. He was that's, targeted 14 times. He was targeted way, 14 times. Yeah, that's 14 out of 50. That's not that's not too bad. Um but I'd still think that Kyle Allen shouldn't have thrown it 50 times. Maybe you know, take 12 of those throws and hand the ball off to Alex Arma, um who as far as I know is still on the roster. Um put Reggie Bonifant in there for first down. Um put Jordan Scarlett in the game. I mean, as far as I know, he's still on the roster. So there are ways to not over overload Christian McCaffrey, not throw 50 times and run the ball and be a little bit more unpredictable. They also just signed somebody, a running back Mike as Davis. Well. Yep, they signed Mike Davis. He didn't touch the ball once on Sunday. He wasn't even active. He didn't yeah. even have a yeah, he didn't even have a game day jersey. So they still fed the ball to Christian McCaffrey, but it didn't really work out for them because when they got into scoring distance, Kyle Allen turned the ball over or got sacked. Um, yeah. Now, I will give Kyle Allen credit. Uh, he threw probably the best throw he will ever make in his entire career <laughs> on Sunday. The only problem is he threw it right to Desmond Trufant. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful throw. Perfect placement. He just threw it right to the defender. Yeah, I remember I was watching. I was watching and I was live tweeting from the CSR handle. Um, by the way, follow us at Cat Scratch Reader without the last E, R E A D R. Um, 
And yeah, I remember seeing that ball come out of his hands and it looked pretty. It was a pretty throw. It had a lot of velocity, went really went pretty far down the field and right into Desmond Trufant's hands. It was a dart, a dart to, to Desmond Trufant. And that kind of summed up the game. Like there was some it, great. That, that exactly was that that summed up the game perfectly <laughs> because that is exactly what happened. Yep. It, it looked there were times where they looked really good and they looked like they were going to you know, score. And then it just happened to go in the Falcons direction. And it wasn't like the Falcons got lucky. It was just the Panthers offense executed so poorly. Um, I mean, there aren't many times where you can say a quarterback threw the ball four and threw four interceptions and the offense executed great. But on top of that, 29 of his targets were to Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. I don't know if you knew that, Brad. I did not. Yeah. He, just make sure I have that right real quick, but he definitely targeted both of them a lot. Hold on. Keep, oh, damn it. Freaking phone codes. Um, Yeah, he threw the ball 14 times to Christian McCaffrey and 15 to J.J. Moore, and he completed 19 of those passes, which okay. just those those by themselves is not great, but yeah, he ended up throwing. He also targeted the Curtis Samuel seven times. He only caught four of those. And yeah, just all around, not a great game for the offense. And obviously, a lot of people have been talking about the Panthers' defense over the course of this year, but they did their best, I think, based on the fact that the Panthers' offense didn't score at all and they couldn't keep the ball all, all that much. It's it's just one of those divisional games is the best way I can put it. Um they still sacked Matt Ryan three times. Um, they hit him nine times. You know, like you just can't, you can't always overcome when your offense is playing that poorly. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect to win when you throw four interceptions and I mean, it, you just can't, uh, you know, the, the Panthers maybe could have beaten the Bengals or, uh, whoever else is terrible. I haven't really been keeping up with the Jets, other, maybe. Yeah, you know, the Jets, maybe, maybe Miami, Washington. Um, one of those bad teams. They might could have won despite four interceptions, but you can't win a divisional game, no matter how bad the other divisional opponent is. Um, because let's not um let's not give the Falcons too much credit here. They were two and seven going into this game for a reason. Like they were not very good. Um, and they've won two games in a row against the saints and against the Panthers. So yeah. football is weird. Yeah, football is weird, especially in the FC South when it seems like over the last few years, every team, no matter how bad or good they are, they always play each other close. I mean, even, yeah, the- I mean, even when we were, when when we went 15 and 1 the one game we lost was to the falcons yep matt ryan's super bowl that year was a a painful memory that gina brought up last week and we continue to look back at it but not um, as painful as matt ryan's real super bowl was to falcons uh, fans that that's true they did they did in fact lose after gaining a 28 to 3 lead so we do have that little bit of solace um so before we move on to the defense as a whole, Kyle Allen, this was by 
football outsiders metrics and granted this will probably change over the course of the season but by pro football by football outsiders metrics that they use to measure quarterbacks this was the worst statistical game by a quarterback of all time so they're looking at now instead after the end of the season it being one of the worst instead of the worst so yeah because Kyle Allen has seven more games to play so yeah exactly so it's not like the way their metrics work is I guess it goes over the course of a full game or a full season but right now Kyle Allen is on the bottom of their metrics as far as starting quarterback in the NFL so Brad what do you think of Kyle Allen? Can he come back from this? Have teams figured him out? What do you think? Teams have figured him out. Uh, it's really not that hard. You know, he is one of the biggest media driven quarterbacks we've seen recently. Uh, I'm not going to go into the reasons why he is a media driven <laughs> quarterback. Cause I think we all know what those reasons are. Um, and if you can't quite figure out why, then, you know, just take a closer look at the situation. But, I mean, he's not, he's not bad. Let's, let's get that out of the way now. He's not, he's not a bad quarterback. He's, he's not just Jimmy not, Clausen level bad yet. He's not Jimmy Clausen level bad. He's not a disaster. He's just not a franchise guy. Like you're not going to, at least I hope, they're not going to get rid of Cam Newton, save the $19 million and roll with Kyle Allen unless they want to tank. Um, Because he's too one-dimensional. Like I said earlier, you know, he's pretty decent at throwing between five and 25 yards. Anything more than that, he's not good at all. And... I know one of the arguments is that he can learn how to do it. He can grow into it. uh, And um, no, he cannot. You can either do it or you can't, especially when you're in the NFL. Now, if he were a college freshman or a high school sophomore or something, then yeah, he could develop a deep ball. But when you're a 24, 23 year old, however old he is, uh, second year player in the NFL, you either already have it or you don't. Like it's not, it's not something that comes with experience. He just doesn't have the arm and he also doesn't have very good pocket awareness. Now this is something that he could develop with time and experience, but the best, but when you're in those situations where you absolutely have to throw the football, that's when you have guys who are going to jump routes and make plays on the defense. So it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun (laughs) to watch at all. And it sucks because, like, when the Panthers win, they do look decent. Like, their their defense generally tends to, like, get after the passer, get some sacks, get some big plays, and their offense manages to score some points. But when they lose, they lose bad right now. Like, every game except for maybe the first game of the season, which is always a toss-up, has been, like, a horrible loss because Mm -hmm. of having, like, limited quarterback play. And I don't know how they're going to get past that at this point. Like, I don't know what they can do with Kyle Allen to nullify that because he's limited. He can make, he can make some great throws every now and again, but it's not consistent enough where you can put the game plan in his hands and let him win the football game. And that's where they're at right now. Yeah. Well, the downside is, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but uh, I think the season's pretty much over. 
there are six games left. Um, we are five and five. And to make the playoffs, the Panthers have to win out because I don't think 10 and six gets us in in the NFC because we are already chasing several teams in the wild card race. I don't think we're going to catch the Saints because they're eight and two. So we're three games behind the Saints. We have to play them twice. So somebody else would have to beat them to help us out. Um, we already lost to the Falcons. That was one of the games we needed to win. And our final six games, we have the Saints twice. We have the Falcons again. That's three of our final six within the division. And you know how that goes. We play yeah. the Colts, we play the Seahawks, and we play Washington. So how do we win against the Seahawks who are rolling right now, the Colts who are still pretty good, even though Andrew Luck retired. The Saints are the class of the NFC South and arguably the NFC. And then anything can happen when we play the Falcons. So, you know, we're, we have five wins. We need at least 10, if not 11, I don't see us winning out. So I don't really think it matters. You know, I think they should just keep letting Kyle Allen play and, as soon as we lose two more games and we're mathematically eliminated, I think they should play Will Greer. Yeah, because I agree. We with need that. to see we need to see what Will Will Greer has. Uh, I know Ron Rivera has said they're trying to develop Kyle Allen, but they used a draft pick on Will Greer. They drafted him at 100 overall. They could have drafted Chauncey Gardner Johnson and shored up the secondary, but they chose not to. So, damn it, if you're gonna draft a quarterback and your starter is out then play the drafted quarterback it's not that hard Uh, especially if you're not going to make the playoffs you need to see what you have Um, because Will Greer might be worse than Kyle Allen Um, there's a reason Kyle Allen won the job and you know it could be that it's just because it's Ron and Kyle Allen has been here longer uh, it could be because Will Greer is a garbage can. We don't know, and we won't know until he plays. He was not very good in the preseason, but that's the preseason. Um, so, I mean, I think we can steal the return game with the Falcons because I, I fully expect us to beat them in Atlanta because that's the way this this shit usually goes. We We always – the team that should win doesn't between the Panthers and Falcons. It seems like that's the way it always works. And I think we can beat Washington, but I don't think we can beat the Saints, especially twice. I don't think we can beat the Seahawks, and I don't think we can beat the Colts. So I think we're looking at a ceiling of seven and nine or eight and eight and no playoffs. Yeah, I agree. We'll see the, and, Ron, the, the, Ron, know, Ron, the Ron Rivera special. Yep, the Ron Rivera special, marginal improvement. Marginal improvement, and at that point – when we're sitting there against the Falcons and Seahawks in we are five and seven, why not just play Will Greer? Yeah. I mean, you invested draft capital in the guy. It's at the very least, let him play a series or two here and there just to see what like you don't have to like you don't have to start him against the Seahawks and let him play the whole game. But you know, put him in there. Just see what he's got especially when there's like this so there's so much uncertainty surrounding cam newton i I mean cam 
Cam might just come out tomorrow and say, you know, I don't want to play anymore. Yep. He very well could pull an Andrew Luck. I mean, he's selling a backpack for like $300. So, I mean, he can make money. He doesn't need to play football to make money. Uh, he very well could come back in 2020 with the Panthers. He could be 100% healthy. And Marty Herney or whoever the general manager is could give him a five-year, $200 million contract. And they could trade him. Uh, he could. They could cut him. They could say, you know, there are four or five different choose your own adventure type scenarios with cam and we don't know which one it's going to be. So we need information more than anything else. Yeah. This is um, the time that you, especially if, if they, if uh, Ron even intends to keep his job <laughs> or tries to, this is where you gather information on what else you have and then make an informed decision next year. Yeah, so, and Ron should play Will Greer at least once because then he can say, I tried everything I could, I used everything I had, and we couldn't win because we lost Cam. Yeah, and he I believe he's under contract till 2020, which is the same as Cam. Yeah. Yeah, so like, they don't have to move on from Ron. I know there's a lot of Panthers fans out there who want them to, and I kind of do as well. But it's hard to put if you really want to commit to Cam Newton next year for his last season on his contract, it's hard to expect him to be successful when you move out the coaching staff he has around him. So I could totally see them going for one more shot for broke and see what they can do with Ron and maybe even Norv um, with Cam, a healthy Cam. So they're, the, the options are wide open at this point. Yeah, you're still fighting for the playoffs, and I know that any rational head coach is still going to want to say, well, we need to be trying to make the playoffs, but once you're done with that, you need to give Will Greer a shot to show you what he's got. Yeah, because they might find out that they have to draft a quarterback this year, whether or not Cam plays or not, because Will Greer could be terrible. Yeah. Will Greer could also be Tom Brady. I mean, you know, I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to be Jimmy Clausen bad, but I don't. I think he's going to be Kyle Allen. I don't yeah. think he's going to be anything better than Kyle Allen. Um, but I mean, this is what I would do personally, and I know this isn't exactly the path we thought we were going to go down when we talked about doing the show. But um, they should do what the Ravens did. The Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson when they still had Joe Flacco, and we should draft someone when we still have Cam Newton for one more year, whether that be Jalen Hurts, whether that be Tua Tagliabola, whether that be Justin Herbert, whether that be, um, we won't get him, but just an example, um, Joe Burrow, um, you know, one of those, you know, any, any first round quarterback, draft a guy, let Cam play in 2020, if he's healthy and if he wants to play, let the rookie sit for a year like Lamar Jackson did. Use it, use, um, create special packages for him like Baltimore did. And especially if it's Jalen Hurts, um, to get him acclimated. And then after 2020, let Cam go, let him go in free agency, let somebody else pay. 35, $40 million a year for a 31, 32 year old quarterback with, an injury history whose body is slowly breaking down. 
and just start over with a younger, healthier Cam Newton like quarterback. Yeah. Because Lamar Jackson is a future MVP in this league right now. And everybody who said that he should switch to wide receiver and the Ravens were still <laughs> drafting him and putting him at quarterback are being proved proven how wrong they were. And I'm not an expert. I don't get paid to analyze draft prospects. I don't watch a ton of college football, not as much as I used to. Fuck you, Will Muschamp. But <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts has the potential to be the next Lamar Jackson type guy. Uh, he is really good. He was good at Alabama. He just lost his starting job because he's, you know, Tagliavola played well and Hertz didn't play well. And um, Tua just played so well, they couldn't not ride the hot hand. And then Jalen Hurts transferred to Oklahoma and he is playing well at Oklahoma. Uh, he is playing just as well as Kyler Murray did. So, I I mean, I think whoever drafts him is going to be glad they did, and I kind of hope Carolina does. Even if they waste a year by putting him behind Cam Newton on the bench, um, it wouldn't hurt to wouldn't hurt to go ahead and make that move. Yeah, and I think that if they do do that, it's because they end up moving on from Marty Herney and maybe even Ron Rivera, where they're building for the future and they're letting Cam Newton like see where he goes for one year. So I could totally see Carolina going that route, but it's yeah. Cause I mean, it gives them options because, you know, they could either just let cam go in free agency and build around hurts or they could trade Jalen hurts for a first or second rounder to someone who wants a quarterback and sign cam to an extension. Like they have choices. Yeah. And, you always need to have options, no matter what they are. You have to have options. You cannot be stuck doing something you don't want to do like we're doing right now. Yep, I agree. And I think that that's a great conversation to continue for another day um, because the Panther season isn't quite over, even though it feels like it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, anything can happen in football. They could, they could win out. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, but but they could win out. They could win five out of the six and make the playoffs. I don't know what the math says. Um, John's not here to tell me with his abacus, um, <laughs> but I I think the odds are very low. But oh, I mean, yeah, they're not eliminated. Sure. Um. And I don't think they'll be eliminated until they get to seven losses. Yeah. And that could happen soon. That could happen in two weeks. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But for the optimists out there, the optimists listening to the game, to this uh, podcast, the Panthers are still in it. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what Kyle Allen slash Will Greer can bring. Um, At the moment, we still got Kyle Allen at the helm. So we'll see what he does. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and personally, I want him to lose out. I want him to go five and eleven. I want him to get a top ten draft pick. I want them to fire Marty Herney and Ron Rivera. I want them to hire someone who knows how to draft, and I want them to hire Eric Bieniemy as the head coach, um, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and I want them to build around a young, athletic quarterback and be a winning franchise. That's what I want. 
but, but I think I it's what everybody wants. Yeah, and I don't think that's what we're going to get, but that's what I want. Yeah. I'm willing to suffer through six loss, six more losses to get that. Yeah. And I Especially think a lot of- when I don't I when I think I'm going to suffer through at least four if not five losses anyway. One more loss doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> but as we know, Ron Rivera is going to stubbornly continue to try to make the playoffs. And oh, of course, I mean, he should. That's that's how he stays employed. Yes. No one can fault him for that, no matter how much you hate him. So um, on the flip side of the quarterback situation, before we get we'll get into the Saints game briefly. Let's just let's just even jump into it right now, because, I mean, there isn't much to talk about with the Saint with the Falcons Panthers game on defense. I think we already really broke it down. But yeah, the only thing I would say is don't be mad at Luke Keekley for failing to cover Julio Jones, because a um, that's on the coaching staff for not for putting Luke Keekley in a situation where he had to cover Julio Jones. Uh, And number two, it was perfect coverage. There was nothing more he could have done. Matt Ryan threw the most perfect pass he has ever thrown in his career. Yep. No matter. It doesn't matter if it was Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, James Bradbury, um, Daryl Rivas, Deion Sanders. It doesn't matter who was covering Julio Jones. That was a completed catch no matter what. Matt Ryan threw it in the one cubic centimeter of space that he could put it so Julio could be the only one to catch it he'll never throw that pass again it was a 999 times out of a thousand type play where it's incomplete that just happened to be the one yep and I I I couldn't even be mad yeah I I felt Luke Keekley played it perfectly too based on the covers they ran there was absolutely nothing he could have done better yep that's what the cover two what is that even called? Tampa two. Tampa two. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way Tampa two works. Like your middle linebackers got to cover down the middle of the field. I wouldn't put any other linebacker there in that situation. Try and cover Julio. It's just, it's Matt Ryan to Julio. There's nothing you can do about it when the pass is thrown that perfectly. So, yep. I mean, Matt Ryan's a professional quarterback who gets paid to make those throws. He'll never do it again. Yeah. <clears throat> Not that well anyway. So, Panthers defense facing the Drew Brees-led Saints offense. Drew Brees will have Michael Thomas, who is currently the statistically best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, Alvin Kamara obviously has given the Panthers so many problems over the last few years. Um, There really isn't much to say aside from... Yeah, I was going to say, we can sum this up very quickly. LOL. Yeah, like... Bradbury is having a great year. Um, even if Ross Cockrell plays, they between Bradbury, Cockrell, and jo- and Dante Jackson, Michael Thomas is still going to have probably over 100 yards receiving. It's just it is what it is at this point. I am looking forward to the fact that he's on my fantasy team. Oh well, maybe we have a chance then because he is. On so yeah, team. we have a chance at stopping him. He might only have like 40 yards receiving and like a fumble. Yeah. <laughs> because Brad's fantasy luck is really bad. That's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to get like two catches for 38 yards and he's going to fumble the ball on the one yard line. Yep. So, Hey, maybe, maybe we have a chance. We have Brad on our side and I'm going to um, lose by five points because it, if he would have scored that touchdown, I would have won. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Alvin Kamara, though, he could be a huge problem. Um, yeah, and he will be. The Panthers' rush defense has not been great. They did do a little better against the Falcons, but that was also against, what, their third-string running back? Yeah, we, their, we shut down the run, string. but their third-string running back was was playing, and we sold out to stop the run and overcommitted to stop the run, and then Matt Ryan threw for 350 yards. Yeah. And we still lost. The only real re- the only real reason the Panthers have any chance at this game is if they can really get after Drew Brees and – sack him even more than I would say even more than the three times to sack Matt Ryan. They need like six at least to really have an impact on this game or they need to turn. They need to force a lot of turnovers, which those maybe have been they kind can, of maybe they can throw recently. some fake diamonds at him or something. But yeah, maybe. otherwise, I, I mean, Drew Brees is going to have a field day because <laughs> Drew Brees, his his one thing that he does better than arguably anybody else in the league other than maybe Aaron Rodgers, is that Drew Brees can take a play that's going nowhere and just magically make something happen out of it that gains like 10 to 20 yards. And he does that all the damn time. (laughs) Like you can have him sacked and he somehow magically finds an open receiver downfield and gets a first down. Uh, you know, and there's nothing you can do. Like he's got a horseshoe taped up in his ass or something. Um, so, I mean, I expect the only way the Panthers are going to win this game is if they can score like 45 points. Yeah. And that seems like that's going to be a problem. That's a great segue into uh, the Saints defense. So they just played the Buccaneers <clears throat> with Jameis Winston. And uh, so here's what they did to Jameis Winston. They picked him off four times, which is really not outside of the realm of possibility of James Winston on any given game against any given team. Yeah, but, I think a four interception game is called a Jameis Winston. But they did they sacked him twice, but they hit him twelve times in that game. So that pass rush is gonna be coming after Kyle Allen this week. And that seems to be the the uh solution to beating Kyle Allen is just get him under pressure and keep Mr. Christian McCaffrey from scoring. Cause even if he gets like 150 yards from scrimmage, they could still only score like six points. So. Yeah. yeah and yeah. all those yards are great, but they don't mean shit if he doesn't score. Yeah. This week is going to be all about Kyle Allen. Uh, reducing those, those mistakes when the Panthers have the ability to score. This might be a Joey Sly special where he kicks like five field goals. And even if he does, they might still win. They might still not win. But regardless, they got to keep Kyle Allen protected. And he can't get hit that many times or he will throw four picks, maybe more. Like the the formula is out there. You get you stop Christian McCaffrey from being effective all the time. You stop him from running over your defense. You make Kyle Allen have to throw the football to score to score and or move the chains and boom. That's the problem. So unless Kyle Allen suddenly finds a way to navigate the pocket in a better way than he has over the last several weeks, this could be a long, long game for Carolina. Um, there really isn't much else to say about it. The Saints are a very good team. The Panthers are somewhere from the scope of kind of good to really bad. Like they just kind of fluctuate. Yeah, they're mediocre. That. 
Yeah, they're they they are mediocre, but they've also had those like really great performances too this season, which is why they're kind of hard to get to really like pin down to one area. It seems like a different Carolina team shows up every week. So yeah, and the Saints are eight and two for a reason. Like, I mean, they they are one of the best teams in the NFC, and you know who I really expect to have a really good game, and it's going to be hilarious when he does, is um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the guy that we could have drafted at 100. Yeah. I know. And he went to the Saints. And I think it will be – it's expected at this point that he's going to probably have at least one interception on Sunday, and it would be even funnier if he picks off Will Greer. Yeah. Like, Will I kind of hope that's there. what happens, but – it's funny because Chancey Gardner Johnson was somebody that a lot of Panthers mock drafters had in like the second round for the Panthers to pick, and they didn't even take a shot on him in the third round or the. I was surprised round. that they took Will Greer instead because we needed a safety at the time. Yep, I was hammering the table all off season. You guys all remember that for those. Yeah, years I mean, this was before we even thought about bringing Trey Boston back. Yep, Chancey Gardner Johnson, guy to watch for this Sunday's game. Um, hopefully it's not a horrible game to watch where we're sitting there in the third quarter, hoping it ends soon. So, but not looking ideal for the Panthers. Um, Brad, why don't we go ahead and just do our scoring predictions? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a nightmare. Uh, I'm going to say Saints 31 Panthers 10. I agree there somewhat. I think I'm going to go with, uh, Saints. 24 Panthers 17 I think they'll like rebound a little bit but it won't be enough this game so they'll lose and it the scoreboard will look like they didn't lose that badly but I think that like looking at the game from start to finish it'll the the Saints will have dominated for the most part um I'm gonna give John's score prediction just because he's not here and I'm gonna (laughs) do it anyway I'm gonna give it a Panthers 28 Saints 18 score. That sounds like something John would say. Yeah, because John always he's, picks the Panthers. He's so. probably been running Excel spreadsheets the whole time. Yeah. Trying running to his out analytics and probability to figure out a way the Panthers can win. Yeah. Almost like in the Avengers where there's like that one in a million chance they actually do win somewhere in Doctor <laughs> Strange's brain. So that's John's prediction for everybody. And he absolutely supports that. I know that for a fact. I don't need to consult him. So no, not at all. Um, so yeah, the Panthers play the Saints on Sunday, and uh, this is looking to be a not great game to watch. So the yeah. one good thing about it is that it's on CBS instead of Fox, so we don't have to listen to Joe Buck and Troy Eggman talk about Taysom Hill. That's true. That's the one good thing about it. We do get Tony Romo, who we I do, do get enjoy. Tony Romo. Yeah, I can't wait for Tony Romo to tell us how how Kyle is about to throw an interception because of the way the play is lined up. Yep, you know, and his little pre snap stuff he likes to do. Oh, look, Greg Olson's lined up in the slot. Kyle's about to throw it to Chauncey Garner Johnson here. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Real good way to to inspire confidence in your offense when. Uh, Tony Romo's like, hey, they're going to throw the ball here to Greg Olson, and then the defense picks it off. So, should be a great time. Um, yeah. 
Saints Panthers, the grudge match every year. The game, the one, the one of the two games that I would that I would like to see the Panthers win. I could totally see them lose every other game if they beat the Saints. And quite frankly, I hope the Saints make the playoffs and lose in the NFC Championship in tragic fashion once again. That would make this season worth every goddamn painful moment we've had to experience. So, I said it before the season started. I would trade an zero and sixteen season from the Panthers for the Saints to make it to the NFC Championship game, commit pass interference that would win the game if if the touchdown stood, but commit pass interference and force an incomplete pass. The other team challenges it and wins on the pass interference challenge, and then they get an extra down and they score a touchdown and beat the Saints. Yep. I would I would sacrifice an 0-16 season for the Saints to lose the NFC Championship game on this stupid-ass challenging pass interference bullshit that they created because they don't know how to lose with grace. Yep, I would actually even be fine with the Panthers having another losing season next year if that were to happen. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, because we're already the worst we can be is five and eleven. I will take two five and eleven seasons back to back if that's what happens. Yep, even with Cam returning, it would still be even great. with Cam returning, it would be worth it because the on top of the fact that it would just be hilarious that they had that happen three times in a row, having a tragic loss in the NFC Championship, but they also owe Drew Brees thirty million dollars next year whether he plays or not. Yes, so I would be fine with that. And quite frankly, it's just the vengeful asshole in me, but. That's what I'm okay with. Um, Brad, anything else you'd like to add prior to this Saints-Panthers game coming up on Sunday? No, I think I've pretty much covered it. Yeah. It's not going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I I hope it'll be at least competitive, but I'm not holding my breath, but... I want it to either be competitive or funny. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care either way. If it's not going to be competitive, at least be funny. If we can get like a kyle allen like wacky wacky sacks or wackety sacks or whatever it's called like fumbling the ball and everybody's jumping over each other trying to get the ball stumbling backwards like 38 yards i'm okay with that too um yeah that would be fine i'm i'm okay with that so but we'll see what happens i mean maybe kyle allen steps up and finally delivers on all the promise that the kyle allen truthers have been telling us is there so he is one and oh against the saints that's true he has never lost to the saints so anyway from all of us here at the keep sounding podcast this is brian joined by brad and not john john hopefully we'll see you next week but thanks for listening and uh enjoy the football game whether it's hilariously bad or hilariously good see ya later keeps the football takes off to the end zone for the touchdown he takes the handoff and he scores Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown. Oh, the Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shovel pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years.